Bar Podcast. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's your name? My name's Buddy. And welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans, by average movie fans, and apparently one movie film working professional. I am your host, John, and I am here with my co-host, Justin. Hey there, mostly all. And welcome back, Kyle. Hello. The well, bar is the yeah. Well, the bar is now open. Welcome to episode 35, and today is December 12th, 2022. We're getting ready towards the end of the year, but we're also continuing our Christmas comedy countdown with Elf today. Are you guys excited? It's a good movie, but I don't know about excited about Elf. Yeah. And... W- we also have an interview with mine and Kyle's sister, Christy, the self-proclaimed biggest elf fan in the world. So we did a little elf trivia. She didn't do too bad. But let's start it off with some I'm, house. I don't like the movie, and I bet you I can do better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she says she's seen it like a, a hundred times, a thousand times or whatever. But that'll be later on in the episode. Let's start off with some housekeeping. I know. What else is new? Well, since Kyle's back, I have a movie. I don't know if Justin has a movie, but has Kyle seen it? Yeah, Mr. Professional Movie Guy. (laughs) All right, Kyle. Sorry. (laughs) My movie for you is 1993's The Good Son. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was one of those movies that I watched like way too young. I remember watching that movie like a million times when I was like the same age as the kids in that movie. So it also it honestly really scared me. He was getting ideas for you. (laughs) Maybe I was getting (laughs) ideas for him. Yeah, (laughs) like Macaulay Culkin holding like hanging off of the edge. That's like burned into my memory. Yeah, it's a good movie. I like that movie. That is a little freaky. <laughs> yeah. Justin, do you have a movie for Kyle? Well, let's see if you've seen what was my last week's suggestion. Ernest Saves Christmas. Ah. I don't it's think a... he has. I don't think he has. I think no, he just said he has. I have, yeah. You have? Okay. Yeah. I was I the same thing. I feel like I watch every Ernest movie, like back to back to back to back to back. Wow, you have no life. Not recently. I was watching <laughs> Come on, man. That's a Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> They're short anyways. For a so. film professional. All right. <laughs> Justin, watch you lay the bad news on us. Uh, depends on who you talk to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. Yes, very mean. Cheers and look who's talking, actress. Kirstie Alley has passed away at the age of 71. I mean, she was good in Look Who's Talking. I mean, you're not going to, you know, can't take that away from her. I love the movie Madhouse with John Larroquette. Dude, that, it takes I two with the Olsen twins. I love that movie. It takes two with the Olsen twins. twins. I, I, I don't care about that crap. Steve Grutenberg, Christy Alley, Look Who's Talk. I mean, um, it takes two. 
I watched that when I was in the hospital a couple of years ago. I was, I was like, I love this movie. I mean, Cheers is a classic. Cheers yeah. is a great show. Woody Harrelson, Ted Danson, Kelsey I don't Grammer. Think, I don't think I've seen anything that she's been in. Unless, well, she the, did she do the, uh, like, <laughs> did she do, like, all the Weight Watchers commercials or whatever? Or did she have, like, a company? <laughs> yeah, she did. That's, yeah. The only yeah. thing I've, that's the only thing I've seen her in. Oh, what the Jesus fuck Christ. is wrong with you? Wow, we should just... I mean, you really haven't seen Luke Who's Talking? No. Luke Who's Talking too? No. John Travolta? Luke Who's Talking Now? Come on, those those movies are fucking classics. Yeah. My God. Abe Fogoda? <laughs> <laughs> right, you gotta watch Madhouse. Madhouse with John Larroquette. The Cat on Cocaine? I mean, that, that movie is... Awesome. I love that. What movie. is with you and animals on cocaine, Justin? I don't know. I find it hilarious. <laughs> Still can't wait for that movie. Yeah. Ah, uh, and here's here's some more sad news. Boxing referee and famous referee for Celebrity Deathmatch. Match, yeah. <laughs> and Judge Mills Lane. Referee Mills Lane has passed away at the age of 85. Let's get it out! I mean, I love them on Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah, totally great. He played, he, hilarious there. I yeah. didn't really know him as a referee. The judge thing I didn't care for, but Celebrity Deathmatch, yeah. Yeah. And then we have Pedro Miguel Arce. Arce? Sorry, I apologize. Yep. Best known to horror fans for George A. Romero's Land of the Dead has passed away at the age of 46. Yeah, so fucking every week it seems three to six people dying. Comes in threes, and it seems like it's the next three. No, 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 you know what? I'm not playing this game because we have a list at work on the board. We will get in trouble. (laughs) No, so after Jennifer Aniston's father passed away. We were like, okay, so we started scrolling the internet, looking up names of people, seeing how old they were, like, that we thought, you know, we know are old. And we wrote a bunch of names down on the board. Clint Eastwood, all these names. Not a fucking single person near that age has died. Bob Barker is still alive. Mel Brooks. Oh, fuck. How old is he? He's in his 90s. Well, Clint Eastwood's in his 90s. William Shatner. William Shatner's in his 90s. Uh, I think Julie Andrews is up there. I'll have to take a picture of the list and kind of re- review it. Maybe There's a large number of rock stars who shouldn't be alive that I'm just waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a fact. So, you know. uh, but, so, uh, yeah. so last week, the movie crip hosted Yorkie Thon 7. Instead of the usual 48 hours, it was spanned 48 hours over seven days. Kyle, did you listen to any of it? I did not this year. I feel like weirdly, because usually it's when it's over the weekend, I like plan out for it. But this time I just, you know, I missed it. Yeah, I tried my best. I tried my best. But a little breakdown. They kicked it off with Chuck Russell. Uh, they had Diana Prince from The Last Drive-In, Omar Doom, Cat Corbett, Riley Dandy, and Joe Bigos discussing their new movie, which we'll talk about later. 
Uh, Lee Howard, who made the Quiet Room Bears and made a little video about the Quiet Room Bears, which was fucking awesome. And then they did a Terminator commentary with a voice actor playing Arnold and one playing um, David Lynch. And then Joe Lynch got into his fucking Abel Ferrara. And that shit was just fucking hilarious. Yelling at each other. I was like, fuck you, Abe. Fuck you. What are you doing? <laughs> it was fucking funny. Uh, day two, they had Tony Tampone from Fangoria, Barbara Crampton, Alex Pardee, Kyle Gellner, Tom Holland, Bear McQuarrie, and then Daniel Harrison, Scout Taylor Compton from the Talk Scary to Me podcast. Uh, day three, they had Charles Band from Full Moon, Derek Miz and Tommy Wakola. They did a commentary to, uh, I can't remember what the hell they did a commentary to, but anyways, uh, Jason Charles Miller, Roxanne Benjamin, Walter Chaw, which he was getting ready to tell like a really emotional story and he got to just to the point and the feed cut out. Uh, they had John and Peter Himes, Daniel Waters, Leanna Quigley, Aaron Moorhead, Justin Benson, and David Lawson. And then Darren Lynn Bowsman and Josh Stolzberg did a commentary to Spiral the Book of Saw. Carter Smith, Laura Rams- Ramsey, Brian Salisbury, and C. Robert Cargill, the Resistance Comedy Club, Spider One and Chrissy Fox, and James and Chelsea from the Dead Meat Podcast. Doug Bradley, uh, effects artist Ashley Besh was there and did a, a sample of like a burn on Joe Lynch. Spooky Dan Walker, Rebecca McKendry, Stephen C. Miller, and then DG Mike Realm did a, like a, a set. And then on the last day, they had Alex Winter, Wings Hauser, which was, a, he doesn't do any interviews. J.D. Dillard, Doug Benson, Casey the Homicidal Baker made macaroni and cheese. They did a uh, a script reading from the movie Flight, Flight 180, which became Final Destination, that had James Duvall, Adam Robitaille, Jeffrey Reddick, Topher Hansen, Courtney Bell, Chris Carr, Emma Bell, Jared Ribbett, Matt Mercer, Sarah Nicklin, Tiffany Shepis, Dave Parker, then uh, Joe Netter, Sarah French, and Marcel Waltz came on. And then they had Santa Claus, which I guess was played by Derek Mears, Joe Lynch's mom, and then the final act, the, the real final act, was Heather Langenkamp. From... Oh, and that commentary was Dead Snow 2. But it sounds listen- like their most prolific year. That's a lot of cool people. Yeah. Um, I did listen to probably about 60% of it. It was just hard being because the week stream was 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm. And that's hard to do when you get up at 5 a.m. every day and deliver mail. Yeah. Yeah, I remember on Saturday I got the Patreon notification from them that it was almost over. I was really confused. Because I guess I just kind of, I, I I knew it was around this time, so I was like, oh, yeah. I'll watch it whenever. And then I got the notification that it was over as I go. Like, well, I guess last year they both ended up falling and getting hurt. Oh. And Joe almost died, so. Yeah. Um, 
So that's the Yorkie Tide. I believe they raised over $28,000. They had some cool stuff in the um, auction this year. They had uh, uh, Blu-ray sets of the Puppet Master movies for $100. Normally they're about $150. They had um, Tom Holland's new book out there about Fright Night. A lot of screen-used props from Hatchet. A lot of mayhem stuff. It was pretty cool. So, congratulations to them on succeeding. Another successful year, and we'll see what happens next year. All right. Upcoming movies. Um, we have Avatar The Way of Water. Um, Jake Sully and Nate Tarie have formed a family and are doing everything to stay together. However, they must leave their home and explore the regions of Pandora. When an ancient threat resurfaces, Jake must fight a difficult war against the humans. So, this will probably make a billion dollars. I've never seen the first one. I haven't either. And my friend is making me go see this one. And I really don't want to, but I'll be able to run that. He waited so many years to make this for, you know, the graphics and all that crap to catch up to his vision. And it's not that visually impressive from, you know, what I've seen of it. Yeah, I get it. They're blue people things, but like you could have done that 20 years ago. Yeah. Just as easily. And it would have looked pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gonna watch the second one without seeing the first one, so I'll oh, probably don't need to. Yeah, you'll be a fan by the end of it. I doubt it. I'm gonna sleep. I already told them I'm just gonna nap through it because it's like three and a half hours long. But Ugh. there's also on uh, so like nothing's gonna come up for a while because of this movie. But on Friday they're doing another Joe Bob special on Shutter. Yeah, it'll be like two Christmas movies. Um, I even searched out. Usually people figure out which ones they are. Um, but yeah, that's on Friday night, I believe. I believe he said one was Canadian. Yeah. Dual yeah, from Northy. Yeah. Normally people are able to figure it out super quickly. Anytime he gives one hint, they're like, oh, it's this. And then, because last yeah. time I searched it up and people knew exactly what it was going to be. All right. So that's Friday night at 9, I believe, on Shutter, the 16th. But coming to Blu-ray on Tuesday, the 13th, we have Highlander 4K. Carrie from 1976 is coming to 4K. Coraline is coming to 4K. Um, Smile is coming to Blu-ray in 4K. Paranorm is coming to 4K. Creature from the Black Lake is coming to Blu-ray. A Walk to Remember is coming to Blu-ray. And the one I'm most excited about to watch, Silent Night, Deadly Night Collection 3, 4, and 5 is coming to Blu-ray. So, not really much in the Blu-ray department this week. How about streaming? I think we got some big streaming hits this week. Well, new to streaming, we have coming to Shutter on the 16th, The Apology. 20 years after the disappearance of her daughter, recovering alcoholic Darlene Hagen is preparing to host her family's Christmas celebration with her best friend. On Christmas Eve, Darlene's ex-brother-in-law arrives unannounced. 
bearing nostalgic gifts and a heavy secret. Trapped together by a dangerous storm, she soon finds herself caught between reason and ruthless instinct as the battle of wits escalates into a violent game of revenge, starring Anna Gunn and Linus Roach. Haven't heard of it. No. Sounds okay. I've seen the trailer part. It looks kind of interesting. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Next, coming to Paramount Plus on the 16th, we have Snow Day. Your family's in for a flurry of fun with Snow Day, a musical reimagining of the beloved classic comedy film that follows a group of kids who discover that anything is possible when you break routines and take giant risks. Starring Rob Hubel and Jerry Trainer. Sure. Looks funny. I, I guess it's a remake from like a 2002 movie. No, I, I know the movie. Um, I don't have Paramount Plus anymore, so I'm not going to see it. <laughs> Yay. I'll hook you up. <clears throat> no, thanks. That app okay. never worked for me. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, then we have <laughs> streaming now on Disney Plus. We have Night at the Museum. Kamun Ra rises again. Nick Daly hesitates becoming a museum night watchman, and Kamun Ra returns to conquer the world. This one's animated, which is, explains why I didn't know about it until I got an email about it. <laughs> I didn't know about it until we put on parent, uh, Disney Plus the other day. <clears throat> And I got all excited thinking, oh, shit, Ben's still a minute, but he's not in it. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope. All right. Then uh, this one should be pretty big. Uh, I'll, I'll be checking this out soon. Coming to HBO Max on the 16th, we have Black Adam. In ancient conduct, Teth Adam was bestowed the almighty powers of the gods. After using these powers for vengeance, he was imprisoned, becoming Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years have passed, and Black Adam has gone from man to myth to legend. Now free his unique form of justice, born out of rages, challenged by modern-day heroes who form the Justice Society. With Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone. And I'll, I'll admit, I'm going to watch it, but I did not, it, I'm not really looking forward to it, because it didn't really look all that good. Yeah. I mean, people are saying it was, but the previews did not leave a lot to be desired for me. <clears throat> have you seen it, Kyle? You've seen Black Adam, have you? No, I <laughs> felt the same way. Like, part of me wants to watch it, but it did look kind of bad. And also, apparently, I mean, we'll get into, I, I really want to talk about this, but apparently, so The Rock just was came out saying, like, oh, like, we made money on Black Adam, it was successful, like, we'll probably do a second one. And then, like, later that day, it was announced <clears throat> that they're not doing a sequel. And I just saw I saw a report today that was saying that people think that The Rock's team like leaked these fake documents so that the public would think Black Adam was successful when it really wasn't at all. So now oh. that could end up being the whole thing. But yeah, and Joe well, Rogan wanted, is all over him. They wanted him to run the new DCU, and he, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't be the anchor of it. I mean, he's good at those action-adventure buddy comedies with Kevin Hart and stuff like that. I love the Jumanji movies. They're great. They're fun. And they're funny. And and all his ones with Kevin Hart. But, no. Like, he has the physique for it, but I don't think he has the chops to actually handle it. He keeps talking about, like, obviously, yeah, Black Adam and Superman fight. But, like, he never talks about Shazam, even though, you know. He apparently didn't like that movie. Yeah. He doesn't like Zachary Levi as Shazam, which I think is stupid. Yeah, that was a good movie. Suck it up and deal with it. That was, it was, (laughs) so far, looks better than Black Adam was, but time will tell. 
Although there's one thing I want to add to this, and I just watched the preview for it, and I know it's now out. Um, it's not like coming to streaming or anything soon, but I just saw the preview for the mean one. I actually watched it. Have you Is watched that... the preview for that? The Grinch? No. no, I haven't. Oh my god! You should pause right now and watch it. It looks like the Grinch looks great. Really? Like, is that coming to theaters or is that coming to It's streaming? in theaters. It is oh, right now in theaters. theaters. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> you should watch the trailer for it. The, the Grinch looks pretty freaking cool. Oh. Um, I'm probably not supposed to call him that, but we all know that that's <laughs> what he is. And hey, I'm still, I'm still waiting like. for Winnie the Pooh. I never thought I'm 38 years old. I mean, I, I gotta admit, like the the the, the um, cinematography and everything—it looks like it's an independent, crappy movie. But the Grinch good. really looks legit, pretty good. So, all right, I'll check it out after. To it. But that brings us to Fresh from the Stream. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, this week we had. Uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas premiere on Shudder, and I've watched it. Have you watched it? I've watched yeah. it. Okay, I everybody watched has it. watched it. So, similar to Weird, let's let's cover it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, and fiery record store owner Tori Toombs just wants to get drunk and party. Until the robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and makes her night more than a little complicated. Santa embarks on a rampant killing spree through the neon-drenched snowscape, ultimately forcing Tori into a blood-splattered battle for survival. Starring Riley Dandy, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Jonah Ray, and Kansas Bowling. That's a name. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to put that, but then I said I have to put that because I know Justin's going to have a comment. <laughs> That's a great name. But, so, I mean, all right. <sighs> so, first of all, a little background on this. Riley Dandy, this is her first ever horror movie, and she's normally a Hallmark Christmas movie actress. I was going to say, she looks familiar, but I, I went yeah. through IMDb, and I haven't seen anything she's been in. I had the same reaction. I was like, I feel like I've seen her a bunch, but... And I... Didn't know any. I I think I had heard about this movie, but then before every guest during Yorkiethon, they would show a trailer for their latest project, and they showed this, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" I said, "Oh, that has to be covered." So, what did you guys overall opinion of it? Justin, take it away. So. All right, it it was pretty good. Um, action wise, the kills were pretty good. Um, there was a little little to be desired in the in the uh, authenticity of a few things, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, for example, I mean, like b- between the time he left the toy store. And he is then ravaging around inside the record store or even just the, the police department. He has been shot by a shotgun eight or nine times. Mm-hmm. They're not denying that they hit them. They show little flashes of it hitting the metal, all that crap. He's wearing a regular ass Santa suit, not a metal Santa suit. 
How does that Santa suit not have a bunch of fucking bullet holes in it? It's got like three black smudges and that's it. That, that, that bothers me when you have that many bullets going around yeah. and you can't even manage to just throw some goddamn holes in a jacket for a goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he was like, he looked, he was just covered in blood and then at the end suddenly he was like almost melted and like half, like you could see other rope. It was very. The progression of the damage was a little left a little to be desired. Um, And this is coming from a movie that made robotic sounds every time he moved. Yeah. Even though clearly the actor was not trying hard enough to be a robot. No, I agree. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, those those sound effects got annoying real goddamn quick. All all he had to do was copy, because you're clearly doing a Terminator type thing, but, like, he, all he had to do was copy, I mean, you know, Copying Arnold Schwarzenegger is not the easiest thing, but like, that's all. That's it. Like he had the baseline of what he had to do. Um, but and he's all, even like his face is like emoting, like very human. And he's like blinking and stuff. Like it's, yeah. And my so yeah, I, I feel like it, it's entertaining. Um, like I feel like I recommend it. But also like the beginning, they were talking way too much. Way, way too much. Oh, yeah, the rambling the, the, on. Yeah. yeah. In, and like, inside the record store, yeah. yeah. And it felt like they were improving it because they would be like, fuck, fucking fuck, asshole, fuck, fuck. Yeah. I believe they said it was used 147 times in the movie, the okay. word fuck. Yeah. I have no but, problem with that. I probably use that in a no. couple, you know, conversations. But, uh, yeah, I, I, it takes I drag out a lot of the conversation. You know, they they tried to... You know, they played up the, oh, will they, won't they, will they, won't they, will they. I mean, the whole time you're just sitting there going, just shut up and fuck. (laughs) From the moment it's mentioned, it's just shut up and fuck. Pretty much after they do, nobody fuck, nobody talks. Like, it's just screaming for the rest of the movie after that. I mean, I'll give them that. That's a, that's a fairly accurate representation of most relationships. And I didn't agree with no, killing the kid. That's not right. No, but, that that bothered, but bothered me. Did you yeah, agree? Did you agree with them using the kid's body as a meat shield right after? No, nothing that involves kids. He used the dad's father. He used the oh, father as the yeah. meat shield. Oh no, no, no it was the, the kid. father was no. The father was wearing the white shirt with the red sleeves. The child was wearing black pajamas. The shield was wearing a white shirt. <laughs> But it was uh, it was wearing red pajama bottoms. I thought that's what the kid was wearing. No, that's no, no, he's wearing all black pajamas. Well, well, thank you very much. I paid very close attention to that. I did laugh a lot. <laughs> it was I thought it was the kid. And my big question: like this on Santa that, Claus. Go ahead. This Santa Claus basically destroys this whole town. Where the fuck was everybody else? Sleeping. Uh, I'm sorry, but if I hear all that racket going on outside my house, I ain't fucking going out to see what's going on. <laughs> it just seems so... F- no. Like, <laughs> four police officers? You heard them. They were on hard times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will also say the, like, lighting and, like, the way everything looks. Like, they really used the green and red lights. It, yes. It looked so good, which is, what, like... What do you call that, Kyle? What's that called when you... You kind of use like the the two colors. Uh, you focus on 
mainly two colors. Is that is there a term for that or? Um, I mean, you could call it like a Christmas lighting motif type thing. Yeah. I, I don't think there's necessarily a word. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, Christmas colors, but they use it really well. Like, especially yeah. when the part when the guy she's with is like in front of the window holding his mouth. And like, you see the green light and he's like, you see Santa standing outside with the axe. And he's like, it's just a shadow. I don't know. There's a lot of cool shots like that, which, uh, it kind of, I like, that was unexpected because it, it, it just looked so good throughout. And it had that old kind of, like, there was grainy and had that old timey feel too, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, there was a lot of. I think the overall theme to this movie should be drawn out. <laughs> yeah. Because everything got really drawn out. Yeah. Um. I mean, he came back seven times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. I get the whole. Uh, yeah, relief, relief, shock, shock, shock. I'm sorry, but after the third time of him getting up. I'm disassembling that motherfucker before I think he's done. Yeah. Chop him <laughs> off at the head, man. Chop him off at the head. That's all they had to do was chop him off take the head. head. Always take the head. So speaking of the head, what I did not like were the laser eyes. Oh, I thought yeah. that was awesome. Where the fuck no, did was... those come from? Well, when all see, of a sudden they should have like, done I that earlier. See, yeah, I could see, and then yeah. ah, lasers. Yeah. No, that was like I saw that. And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" They should have had he should have had that earlier, and like he just should have been more robotic until he was just a guy. And then suddenly he was a robot. And there is no way in hell the U.S. government is making a fucking machine that fucking indestructible. No, it was a private company that made them. Yeah. For I thought it was the government. Oh, okay. No. Either way. They were used for military purposes. But of course, like everything else, once it fails at the military level, they just change a couple things and ship it off to us. I mean, you should above everybody should know that military grade just means the cheapest shit available. I don't know. When I watched this whole movie, (laughs) I thought it was small soldiers meets that last child's play meets fucking silent night, deadly night. Fucking that sums it up. In a nutshell, I do think we you should would get. Think. I think we need a sequel where there's a good Santa robot that's to fight a bad Santa robot. I'll bring the Santa from Violent Night to fight that Santa Claus. Oh yeah, don't be cross. Yeah, there's definitely should. I mean, I'll talk about it later, but there should be a sequel to Violent Night that should have sure. like seven movies. Well, if you listen to last week's episode, you would have heard that he wants a Violet Night cinematic universe yeah, with the Easter Bunny. Should. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Claus. All right. Christmas, bloody Christmas. Yay or nay? Hey. It's worth a watch once. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we... I mean, again, the kills are good. Yes. I mean, when he splits the guy's head while he's eating her ass, that's really cool. <laughs> and when he puts the axe to her, her lover's head there at the, the bumper, that's, I felt really bad for her sibling. Yeah. Because she totally fucking just left her sister to die. She was just like, fuck you, you're fodder. Bye. <laughs> And then cried about it after she went around the corner. That was such a, a pointless storyline point. Like, yeah, the brother-in-law being a dick. 
What do you mean I need to go get the keys? <laughs> All right, so bloody or Christmas, bloody Christmas. It's available on Shutter right now on VODs for purchase. All right, boys, what have you watched this week? We'll let Kyle go last because he should have a very long fucking list. I don't at all. <laughs> the sad part. Well, I'll start off. So I watched the proposal, Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock. Um, Betty I, White. Betty White. She fucking makes that movie. Um, I watched Elf and Christmas Bloody Christmas. I started Silent Night. And I started The Ruins, because they were both commentaries on the Yorkie-thon, but I fell asleep. I'm old. Yeah. Kyle, what have you watched? <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't have that many, even the past couple weeks, but uh forget if I mentioned it, but I saw Bones and All. That was great. What was it? Bones and All. What's that about? It's, um, two cannibals that fall in love. And they're young, so it's like a coming-of-age movie. It's really good. Um, wow. Timothy Chalamet. But it is. Oh. It's really good. I recommend. Um, a little bit of everything. Then I watched Muppets from Space. Um, There's a swing. <laughs> yeah, and, then a, <laughs> just and then American Beauty. And then um, Violent Night. SOC Punk. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with me, and then the um, Broken. Yeah. Broken? It's like a short film thing. Oh. It's like Nine Inch Nails made like a fake snuff film thing called Broken. Yeah. Oh, and I watched the Quiet Bam movie, but I think I talked about that last week. You guys got to check that out. All right, Justin, what did you watch this week? Uh, well, I did watch Elf. Did manage to sneak yep. that in. I watched Christmas Bloody Christmas, as we've already discussed. Uh, and then I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Um, that's pretty good. Um, I'm kind of over him rewriting history, but, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and then the hell was the thing I watched this afternoon. I should really write this stuff down. <laughs> oh, The Gray Man. I've been trying to watch that for weeks, and I just never really can do it. But I, yeah, on Netflix, oh. Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Is that a sequel to The Empty Man? No. It is an action movie. Uh, Ryan Gosling is uh, recruited into the CIA by Billy Bob Thornton. Um, and he has to go up against Chris Evans, who's trying to track him down and making a complete fuck show about it. I, I'll be honest, it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's It's worth a watch. Uh, Chris Evans is a complete fucking douchey villain. Really? Uh, and you will, you will want him dead. Um, Ryan Gosling a... surprisingly plays a really good quiet hero type. Although he's, his smoldering kind of gets to be too much. Yeah. He, he's in... All right. Does that, you know. So. All right. Well, let's hop into the news. We got a few. Little interesting tidbits here. Uh, Gail Keenan, who co-wrote and executive produced Ghostbusters Afterlife alongside Jason Reitman, has been tapped to direct the sequel. Reitman will remain involved with the upcoming movie as a producer and writer alongside Keenan and Jason Blumenfield. Mm-hmm. So, you got, 
Looks like we're getting another one. I'm not surprised. Milk that stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers is moving the Flash up by a week to June 16th, Father's Day weekend, where Disney is the original Pixar movie Elemental, and Sony has the R-rated Jennifer Lawrence pick No Hard Feelings. Shocked they're not just canceling it the way that fucking guy is. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to prison? <laughs> apparently, they have they've shown test screenings though, and apparently, people say it's actually probably going to be really good, which is really funny. I'm sure they said the same about Black Adam. No, 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 no. no but uh, it's not. <laughs> kind of a little bit of follow up news to a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Drew Barrymore stated on her talk show she's interested no. in remaking Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where she would play John Candy's character and no. would hope Adam Sandler would play Steve Martin's character. I knew you'd be against this. No. Yeah. 1,000% no. Well. That, um, that that would ruin it. Yes. Leave it alone. Uh, going with the rest of the DC news, I'll kind of lump. All of it together. So basically, they canceled a ton of movies. Um, Wonder Woman 3. <laughs> but not was, The Flash. But not The Flash. Well, he's actually yeah. diddling little kids. They're not going to goddamn cancel them. No, no, no. Oh, wait, no, he is. Uh, no, he's not diddling. He's grooming them. Yeah. Sorry. No, he's, he's pretty much checked all the boxes. But, yeah, apparently The Flash <laughs> is going to be great. But Wonder Woman 3 was not, so they canceled that. And they asked Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns to rewrite it, and they said no. So they are canceling it, so who knows? I don't think that necessarily means Gal Gadot is not going to be Wonder Woman, but who knows? Uh, Man of Steel 2 is probably... People also don't know if that's going to happen, even though they just announced that was going to happen. Black Adam 2. Apparently, (laughs) Aquaman 2 is going to be Jason Momoa's swan song, but... I'm all for that because apparently he's going to go play Lobo instead, which will be awesome. Um, and then also there was a yeah, Batman Beyond movie. Sucks. There was a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton that was also canceled. So, but Michael Keaton is still in the Flash, so who knows? They'll probably cut his scenes like they've cut him out of everything else. Well, no. I read a I, no, I read a plot. Like, because they had the screen. And it did, I read essentially the whole plot, and it does sound really good, but cutting him is impossible. He's like, okay. he's like very much a part of it. He's probably the reason they're still releasing it. Yeah. If that was the case, they would have released Batgirl and fucking Batman Beyond here. We'll, we'll see. Batgirl tested really badly. They like, they were like, oh, this movie's going to be bad. But like, the test audience is actually really like The Flash. So, and the the Flash. You know, was probably millions more than Batgirl. And Batman Beyond. They're not going to invest in the side characters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Batman, but it's not Batman. Batman. Well, yeah, apparently Batman Beyond 2, like this one would have, it was going to be like modern Batman Beyond, which it doesn't, like it has to be in the future for it to work. And I don't know. It was going to, that probably would have been bad anyway. It's probably for the I mean, technically they could have just, you know, used Michael Keaton at his age. <laughs> Just yeah. had a younger kid play Batman. <laughs> it would yeah. work. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, all right. 
So we learned just a couple months back that an upcoming Saw 10 will bring Tobin Bell back to the franchise's horror icon, John Jigsaw Kramer. And Deadline reports that Shawnee Smith is now also in talks to make a long-awaited return to the franchise. Yay, bring back dead people. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they roll this one. I'm sure it's going to be just for flashback scenes. Oh, I've been in this all along, yada, yada, you know, the way they do those twists and all that stuff. But, well, look at, they they carried on like five movies after he died. So I liked, I liked how when, when he was dead, but they needed to show a flashback when he was younger, they just had him wear like a backwards hat. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, fellow teens. <laughs> all right. I don't know. It's good to have Saw back. That's all. It wasn't that long ago. I don't feel like it never went away. Spiral came out like a year ago, right? A year and a half? Two years ago. Yeah, but there was a big gap between the last one. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Paranormal Activity where they keep fucking announcing movies and saying they're not making it anymore. Who knows in the fucking industry? You should know that, Kyle. We should get... Oh, yeah, I heard they're making a Paranormal Activity and Saw movie in one. It's a crossover. Oh, don't do that to Justin. He'd have to. He's, he'd be fast forwarding through the paranormal parts and fucking watching the Saw movie. <laughs> I mean, you you could put paranormal activity in with anything, and you're not going to notice a difference because nothing fucking happens in those goddamn movies. So yeah. you know, it wouldn't make any goddamn difference. <laughs> All right, that's it for the news. Moving on to our picks of the week. Kyle, start us off since it's been a while. Violent uh, Night was amazing. Um, and it's about an elite team of mercenaries that breaks into a family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone hostage inside. However, they aren't prepared for the surprise combatant. Santa Claus is on the grounds, and he's about to show why this Nick is no saint. Um, so it's basically Home Alone meets Die Hard with like John Wick style action and stuff. Um, David Harder, Harbour is probably the best Santa Claus ever. Um, I want to say why, but I guess I'll refrain. But it's just so good, and I that I think they'll definitely be more. I think it made a decent amount of money, and uh, I'm it very looks excited. Fantastic. It's yeah, it's like I like I knew I'd have fun, but it was way better than I expected. Um, yeah, I highly, highly recommend this movie. Um, but yeah. Alright, yeah, I'm hoping to check it out either Tuesday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, it might even be streaming this week, so I might not have to go to the movie theaters. That would be ideal for me. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Justin, what's your pick of the week? Alright, I went with Tag. One month every year, five highly competitive friends hit the ground running for a no-holds-barred game of tag, risking their necks, their jobs, and their relationships to take one another down. This time, the game coincides with the wedding of the only undefeated player. What should be an easy target at soon becomes an all-out war, as he knows they're coming to get him. Uh, it was released back in June 15, 2018, directed by Jeff Tomsick. I This was a pretty funny movie. And I guess it's based on a true story of a bunch yeah. of friends who just kept a tag game going for years and years and years. Um, but obviously, I don't think any of the actual real people were quite John Hammer or Jeremy Renner, but, you know. <laughs> um, but 
I mean, this is a funny movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed nice that movie. Nice little way to kill some time. Kyle, have you seen that movie? Yeah, I saw it in theaters. I remember really okay. liking it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. So, I was at a loss today, and I couldn't figure out a movie to pick. So you picked this goddamn thing? <laughs> I chose Santa with Muscles. It's Christmas time, and an evil multimillionaire accidentally hits his head only to be convinced by a fiendish elf that he is Santa Claus. Released November 8th, 1996, and directed by John Marlowski. That you sounds know, like a terrible plot. That sounds stupid. I'm sorry. but that, Hey, like, this is Mila Kunis' fucking acting debut. But why would an evil multimillionaire be convinced by a fiendish elf to be Santa Claus? Because he hit his head and he couldn't remember. That doesn't make any sense to me. What is a bad guy turning a bad guy into a good guy? But there is a bad guy, the bad guy that's trying to tear down the orphanage. Haven't you seen this movie with me? Fuck no. You couldn't find it. Yes, I did. (laughs) Remember, I found it on that that DVD set. It took you a while, and I never watched it. No. It's, It's quite entertaining. Kyle, have you, you probably haven't seen this movie. No, I was searching him now. I've definitely seen, like, that poster. Like, that him yeah. as Santa look. Like, it's fairly safe to say Hulk you might Hogan. be one of the only people who's actually seen that movie. <laughs> Outside of the Hogan family. So, yes, it does star Hulk Hogan. So what? He's He's funny. He plays the bad guy who becomes a... Becomes Santa. I can't remember if I bought it on Blu-ray or not. It's not available on a lot of streaming services. I saw it somewhere. I think it was on Tubi or something like that. Yes, I do. It came out on Blu-ray three years ago. Santa with muscles. Oh. Yeah. Don't care. Put it down. Stupid. All right, so that's our picks of the week. <laughs> so now let's get into our main topic. Time to s- spread Christmas cheer. Uh, we're going to be discussing Elf. Before we discuss Elf, I had Singing the chance. Singing loud for all to hear. <laughs> yes. I had a chance to talk with our sister, one of Elf's biggest fans, and we're going to add that in right now. All right, movie bar fans. I am here with mine and Kyle's sister, Christy. How are you doing, Christy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So this week we are discussing Elf, and you say that is your favorite movie of all time. Hands down. Yes, number one movie. Really? Do you remember the first time that you saw Elf? Um, not exactly. I remember, like, what it made me feel like, but I don't remember where I was. Say that one more time. I don't remember exactly where I was, but I remember, like, like thinking that, like, wow, this is the greatest movie of my whole entire life. Did you see it in theaters, or did you see it on home video? I believe it was in theaters. Really? Yeah, I don't even know. So you were definitely an instant fan the moment you saw it. Oh, yeah. 
what's your favorite scene in the movie? Um, uh, so hard because I love each part. This is like my favorite. Um, if I had to choose, I would say the end when everybody comes together and sings. Oh, really? Yeah. Saves Christmas. It's a classic scene. Yeah. Can you can you roughly tell us about how many times you've seen Elf? Oh, jeez. <laughs> My whole entire life, definitely over a hundred. Like, growing up, like, my friends, like, if I was in a bad mood, they'd be like, oh, you want to come over and watch Elf? And I think that, and it would just instantly make me happy. Okay. So, do you have any of the, like, Elf merchandise that they've come out with? Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually just bought a tin of Elf popcorn yesterday. Okay. Uh, um, I have magnets all over my house. I have snow globes. I have um the snowball throwdown. Mm-hmm. I have ornaments. I've uh my boyfriend got me socks. I have socks for my birthday. Okay. Um, I have I I recently bought at um. BJ's, the elf, um, like onesie. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a lot of elf stuff. <laughs> have you seen the NECA uh, clothed elf figure? No, I don't even know what NECA is. Ne- NECA is a um, a brand. They put out figures based mostly on horror movies. But oh. they've done Christmas ones where they've done like Home Alone with Kevin, Marv, and um, I forget the other guy's name. And uh, National Lampoon's Vacation with Clark Griswold, and then they have an elf figure, and it comes with like a bag of spaghetti and oh, that's cute. Some other stuff, and then they've also come out with like little um, head knocker elf things. So, you know, every year TBS shows uh, a Christmas story for 24 hours, and this year. They started Elf, doing a 24-hour Elf marathon. I believe it was on November 26th. Could you sit there and watch that movie over and over again consecutively? Yeah. So, so in this episode of the podcast this week, we're going to go over some notes. And some of the things that I found quite interesting was that Elf was made was supposed to be made 10 years earlier. Oh, I didn't know that. And do you know who was supposed to originally play Buddy the Elf? Seth Rowan. No. No, I don't know. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Oh, he would have been a good elf, too. That would be cool if he was the Grinch and the Elf. Well, I think he did the Grinch because he couldn't do Elf. Um. So I found a website it has some elf trivia. Do you want to play a game? Yeah. All right. So I'll ask you 15 questions and see how you do. If I fail, my life is over. Oh, my gosh. Go. Okay. Number one. Where did Buddy live for most of his young life? In the North Pole. Ding. Okay. This one's a little hard. What flavor of puck tarts does Buddy use in his spaghetti? 
Oh my gosh. Strawberry? Nope. You want to take another chance? Um, uh, the brown one. Oh, what kind is that? What's the brown one? Cinnamon? Sh- nope. It was chocolate. Yeah, I didn't know that. How did Buddy get his name? Um, because of his diaper. On his diaper, it said Buddy, because that was like the brand of the diaper it was. Little Buddy diapers, yep. In what building in New York City does Buddy's real dad work? Oh. The Empire State Building. Correct. What toy draws Baby Buddy to climb into Santa's sack? A teddy bear. Yep. Who portrays the character Buddy the Elf? Like who plays him? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Pharaoh. Yep. My favorite. What toy does Buddy not like? The Jack in the Box. Yep. Let's see. What is who is the intercom lady at Buddy's dad's office? Debbie. Yep. Oh, I'm doing so good. What's the first rule in the Code of Elves? Oh, my gosh. They're all sitting in the classroom. There's room for everybody on the nice list. Nope. There's There's room for everybody on the nice list. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is to treat every day like Christmas. Yes. What was Buddy's mother's name? Buddy's mother's name? Yep. The one that, you know, gave birth to him. Uh, It starts with a P. Nope. No? (laughs) I didn't even close. Really? I don't know. Her last name was Wells. Her first name was... Debbie? Susan. Susan Wells, yeah. Yep. What was Santa Claus doing while baby Buddy crawled into his toy sack at the orphanage? Drinking milk and eating cookies. Yep. Why is Buddy so much bigger than the other elves? Because he's a human. Yeah. Finish this sentence. If he hasn't figured out that he's blank by now, I don't think he ever will. Different. The answer was human again. What? The answer was human. If he does not, if he hasn't figured out by now he's human, if he hasn't figured out that he's human by now, I don't think he ever will. I didn't know it was going to be human two times in a row. What is Buddy's brother's name? Oh, jeez, I have no idea. He has a brother? The boy. Oh, um, oh. Oh, my gosh. Think of dad's friend that passed away not too long ago or a year ago. Mike? Yeah, Michael. Oh, Michael. Yeah, because he's like, Michael, Michael. <laughs> Who raised Buddy? Papa L. Yep. Yeah. 
What two foods do elves love to eat? Syrup and spaghetti. No. What? Candy and sugar. Oh, well, that's two food groups. Okay, I'll give you that one. Two more. What store does Buddy get a job at? Wendell's or something like that. Gimbal's. Kimball's, yeah, Gimbal's. See here. A lot of these questions are the same. What did Buddy eat at the doctor's office? Cotton balls. Yes. Oh, I'm not. I'm not upset with my answers. No, those were hard questions. So, how many times have you watched Elf this year? I actually haven't. I'm waiting to watch it with Jason for the first time. Because he wants to see how I am watching it. Oh, Jesus. Bob, I'm annoying. Because, like, now I'm at the point where I could probably recite it in my sleep. And I probably do. Yeah. Like, you don't want to watch Elf with me. Well, you'll have to make sure to listen to this week's episode. Not only because you're on it, but... We also will disclose a lot of trivia about the movie. So how many episodes of the movie bar have you listened to? Probably like five or six. Can you believe that Hunter's episode is our highest rated episode? Yeah. Our highest listened to? Yeah, he's interesting. Which one was the, how many um, was listened to the one that we made at your house? I I haven't checked his um, Huntercast stream in a while after that one. But that was only really sent out to family. It wasn't on the movie bar stream. Oh. Uh, so. Any final thoughts on Buddy the Elf or Elf? Don't make a second one because don't ever ruin it. And I just love it because it's stupid. It's just simple. Have and you seen the the animated one that they came out with? Yeah. I've never seen that. It's it's not going to be the same though. Like it it just like just Will Ferrell just being so clueless in New York. It's yeah. Just, and that's just what I love about it. It's just cl- clueless in general. It's yeah. More people were. You know, he did turn down a sequel. And they offered him $29 million, so. But I think Spirited, like, if he was going to do anything, like, remotely close, I think Spirited was really good for it. Because it's kind of like Elf, but not really. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but Kyle doesn't like to talk about it. So. Yeah. But all right, Christy, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, I wish we could have the other two. We'll bring you back some other episode when we find something that you talk about. Hell yeah. And you know we're doing a comedy Christmas countdown. We did Scrooged. We did Bad Santa 1 and 2. This week is Elf. Next week will be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So Nice. Alright. Say goodbye to the movie bar fans. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Okay, thank you, Christy, for joining us. Um, good job on the guessing games. 
I forgot you guys weren't going to be able to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to insert it, but I'm going to assume you can hear it so you can, you know, give some encouragement or something. Yay, thing I haven't heard yet. Good job. We have no idea what you said. (laughs) Well, go back and listen to this episode when it drops, then you can hear it. But then I can't test my knowledge versus hers. You should have made it so I could hear it. Okay, okay. I'm just kidding. If, if we weren't running long already, I would have played the trivia game. But but let's get on to Elf. Buddy was accidentally transported to the North Pole as a toddler. Raised to adulthood among Santa's elves by Papa Elf. Unable to shake the feeling that he doesn't fit in. The adult Buddy travels to New York in full elf uniform. In search of his real father. As it happens, this is Walter Hobbs. A soniacal businessman. And after a DNA test <laughs> proves cynical. this. Soniacal. No, cynical. This is Walter Hobbs, a cynical businessman. After a DNA, DNA test proves this, Walter reluctantly attempts to start a relationship with his childlike son buddy with increasingly chaotic results. Right, this was released November 7th, 2003, directed by John Favreau, screenplay by David Birnbaum, and box office to $225.1 million U.S. dollars, rated PG, currently streaming on HBO Max and Fubo Free. Woo! And so we have Will Ferrell as Buddy Hobbs, a.k.a. Buddy the Elf. James Kahn as Walter Hobbs, Zoe Deschanel as Jovi, Mary Steenbergen as Emily Hobbs, Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, Edward Asner as Santa Claus, Daniel Tay as Michael Hobbs, Faison Love as Wanda, Peter Dinklage as Miles Finch, Amy Sedaris as Deb, Michael uh, Lerner as Fulton Greenway, Andy Richter as Morris, Kyle Gass as Eugene Dupree, Artie Lang as the fake Santa, John Favreau as Dr. Ben Leonardo, and then Peter Billingsley as Ming Ming. All right. So, movie starts off. Papa Elf has kind of given a description of different jobs elves hold. I love the Keebler scene when when they're in the tree and it's on fire. <laughs> and, and then he starts to get into the story of baby buddy who comes to the North Pole in Santa's sack and Papa Justin <laughs> and Papa Elf decides to take care of buddy. Um, overall, what did you guys think of the story? I mean, I, I think it's just whoever like came up with it is like a genius. It's just such a funny premise, like having a normal person being elf. And then coming back and like it's just it's a great premise. Like you yeah, can, like something really only Will Ferrell could do. You yeah. know, he's just yeah. such a man child like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially at that like point in his career is just like truly lightning in a bottle. Like mm-hmm. it couldn't be done by anybody else. And as Christy said, like the first time she watched it, she instantly fell in love with this movie. Yeah, and you know it. You know, so now we're learning about Buddy and the different stuff that he does in the um, Santa's workshop. 
what do you guys take on like the etch a sketch scene when he's kind of like, I only made 85. Oh, okay. You're only 915 shy of your goal. What, how do you get, how'd you guys think of the, um, the effects of using real people as elves and then mixing them in with Buddy the Elf, who's way much taller? I mean, that, that, that forced perspective is, it, it works, you know, it's, yeah. you can't really tell that, you know, Will Ferrell isn't three feet or four feet taller than everybody else in the room. I mean, they did a really good job at it. It's yeah. Very believable, you know. I, uh, I really, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is around then when he's like testing the, uh, jack in the boxes and you get yeah. scared at everyone. I love, that was, that's really funny. So the director, John Favreau was off screen with a button and he would push it to get for the thing to pop up to give uh Will's reaction like a real reaction mm. and so when they had the scene with Santa and Buddy and he's talking to him about going to New York or whatever they actually built a small workshop for them in and then a larger workshop for the other elves to be in so that way it looks like they're in the same workshop, but they're just taller than the elves. Mm-hmm. So um, this film was able to use elements from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer freely because the film was not properly copyrighted, containing an error in the Roman numerals of its copyright notice. So that's why, like, the character, you, you know, the um, like the snowman, um all the creatures outside, they all looked like stop motion, kind of like how they yeah. did in Rudolph. That's yeah. how they were able to control. I've always wondered that, like, and the elf uniforms completely mirror the ones from the TV special. So, so now Buddy is getting ready to embark on his journey. What do you guys think of his journey through the seven layers of the candy cane forest? Swirly, turly gumdrops. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty funny. The narwhal. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. Good luck finding your dad, buddy. I like how everybody else runs away from him. And thanks, Mister Narwhal. Yeah. I do like uh, this, like similar to Violet Night. And this, like, the reason why they work so well is because they like they're not afraid to like actually show like the like mystical Christmas Santa stuff and yeah. like the Christmas magic stuff. And I feel like that's what makes both this and. Violent Night just so great is because they really embrace that. It just adds to it. Yep. So he, he walks out of the Lincoln Tunnel. Now we're in New York City. Is that not a good place for an evil businessman to work? New York City Empire State Building. Well, Where did they, they work in? Uh, Santa with muscles. That was in California at an orphanage. Okay, you ass. <laughs> I mean, if you're from New York, you're evil. So it's just the way it is. So when Buddy's running around New York City doing all this stupid shit like eating the gum and jumping across traffic, apparently they it was just him and the director, and they'd find a spot, get out, ask people if they wanted to be extras, pay them, shoot the scene, and then fucking take off. 
So what did you guys think of the, the scenes of him running around New York trying to find his dad? I mean, you kind of had to do it that way to get like real reactions on a, you know, movie set. I mean, when they, they close everything down and they do those kinds of things, it's, you, you can feel the, the, the staginess of it, you know. But when he's running across the screen and he, he's still got all the cars flying in all the other directions, you know, you, you kind of feel a little bit more like, oh, he, he might have actually got hurt on that one. Yeah. You know, I, I love the scene when the taxi hits him. <laughs> He's like, watch out for those ones. They, they don't stop. The other ones and, don't stop. Yeah. And when, when um Santa Claus gives him the advice about the Ray's pizza or the Roy's pizza. Yeah. There's 32 Roy's pizzas in New York. They all claim to be the original, but the original is on 11th Street. Yeah. So Buddy's running around. He finds his dad at the Empire State Building. With, when he meets the secretary, and then he meets his dad, and he's like, "Where, where, where are you from? North Pole? Oh, Santa called and told you. How did you? So, how did you feel about the different effects throughout the movie? I'm kind. Of, I was trying something new here, but it's not going to work right now. <laughs> but. Okay, so how, how do you guys feel about the effects in the movie? Like, I mean, they, um, did, they did a good job. Like, they, they integrated in, like you said, all, all the old stuff from, like, Rudolph and all that stuff. And they used the force perspective to, to get, give him the size and all that stuff. I mean, it, it, they did a really good job. Like I said, they made it feel believable. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in the department store, I mean, if you've ever worked in one of those over the holidays, they put up those stupid little displays and all that crap. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 if you've ever worked in it, you're like, oh, God, there's hell. Um, so, I mean, it, it, they did a good job. Yeah. And it definitely, since it's all new to him, I think that kind of, <clears throat> you know, makes him so much more innocent, like eating the gum off the side of the things. Going into the store, seeing the sign that says, for someone special, the lingerie, buys it for his dad. Kyle, what do you, what do you think about the effects in the movie? Yeah, I mean, the force perspective. The force perspective and stuff is, uh, you know, it's impressive and like Lord of the Rings, like super effective and it's cool that they actually put the effort to do that and make it look so good. There's there's actually some Lord of the Rings references in the movie. The um the scene at the end in the in the park with the four horsemen, mm-hmm. or the uh, Central mm-hmm. Park Rangers. That's supposed to be like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And the scene when he's with that Santa Claus in Gimbals and he says, You lie on a a throne of lies. Oh uh, yeah. So um, let's talk well, I, I think it's interesting because I, so I, before, you know, just read it, like, I grew up with this movie, obviously, like, this is the Christmas movie for me, but, like, I was trying to think about when it came out, I was like, oh, was it, like, what, 2006, 2008, seven? like, I thought it was around there, so, like, yeah. I didn't realize it was 2003, which was when Lord of the Rings was also coming out, so it's just, it's yeah. interesting they came out at the same time, too. So... Yeah, it's like 
and definitely to, to tie those in together, like only like I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so I wouldn't know these references. I read them on IMDb, but let's talk about the they're in Gimbals and the manager of Wanda, who was was supposed to be played by Wanda Sykes, but she, she had a, a conflict, so Phase and Love took over, and that's why his name is Wanda. Um, he says, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Santa's coming tomorrow. And how excited Buddy got. I felt that kind of gave, like, his real childlike mentality that he has from being an elf for so long. Uh-huh. And he sees Santa, played by Artie Lang. What do you guys, what's your take on this scene? I mean, it was, it was a necessary because, I mean, you get that that childlike, like you said, the childlike, oh, my God, Santa's coming home. I'm so excited, so excited, so excited. And him having lived with Santa and all that stuff, not knowing how it happens down here and you have to have the messengers or, the, oh. you know, you know, the, uh, you know, the paid accomplices as it would. So I, I think that, that that was a brilliant scene to have in there. Have him just realize, you're not a real Santa and just go just straight flip <laughs> out on him. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think any, anytime he gets like mad in this movie is also really funny when he like kind of swings the other way. Yeah. So apparently they shot that scene on a green screen when they fight. And then they filmed the kids with the green screen and added in the fight. So the kids weren't actually there for that fight. Because that would have been way too dangerous for a bunch of kids to be standing around seeing Santa Claus get his butt kicked by an elf. So let's talk about when he's at the dinner table with the Hobbs. And he's eating that, he drinks that whole two liter of soda, the pasta with the spaghetti, the candy, the pastries. Apparently he threw up the first time he did that. I would too. No, thank you. I don't want to eat that mixture. <laughs> nope. And then pasta good, maple syrup good together. No, thank you. I don't know. We can, I should try that. No. But no. And then when he's like his also back to his childhood innocence when he, when he's in the doctor's office and he's eating the cotton balls. <laughs> And then, like, we're just going to prick your finger. Ooh, that sounds fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, how about the production and overall general? What do you want? Um, I think it's funny. I, I totally didn't realize he wears the same um, elf outfit as uh, the, like, Rudolph Red Oath Reindeer. And, like, it's interesting because I just think of that costume as elf. So it just goes to show how well the costumes were and how good the production design was. Cause that's kind of, when I think of the elf costume, I think of this one, not the stupid little elf in that, even though it's the same outfit. You used to love the Rudolph the Red Nose movie. I know, but it's not a Will Ferrell movie. Yes. So originally they had two. People that were going to play Buddy the Elf, 
when the script was first written in 1993, it was brought to the uh, Motion Picture Corporation of America, the MPCA, and they wanted Chris Farley to play Buddy. I could How do you think behind that? I can yeah. get behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. He he's child enough. Yeah. He's got that same and it it, it it might even have been better because because of his size. You know, give him that that extra little bit of being, you know, heavy and still having that childlike you know, first discovery. I mean, you can see that in Tommy Boy. It's the same idea. Yeah. And it would have been a lot more physical. Yeah, probably, probably, yeah. You know, and then the, um, later on when they tried to get it off the ground again, they were trying to get Jim Carrey to play Buddy the Elf. So now you're talking 96, 97. I I mean, around that time, yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I feel like Jim Carrey can't get as, like, childlike almost. Like, I feel like he always has, like, a, I don't want to say edge to him, but, like, he's acting super immature and stuff, but it's always, like, a little more maniacal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, look at his characters in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's supposed to be as childlike as could be, Yeah. but it was, like, very, like, sophomoric humor, you know, like putting the red hots on the guy. So I don't think he would have been a good fit for that. Um. And then Chevy Chase was considered to play the role of Papa Elf by the director, but that was turned down by Will Ferrell due to them not getting along when Chevy Chase returned to Saturday Night Live to host it. Um, Chevy burned a lot of bridges. Yes. Uh, I've heard stories on podcasts that he's kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. But, you know. I don't judge it till you know I see it myself. But how do you think he would have been as Papa Elf? Yeah, I mean that was it's, it's a smaller role, so. Yeah, I mean I think with Chevy, I think he would have played it more National Lampoonish. He yes. would have been more of a dumb dad than, you know, the wise dad. Yeah. Although yeah. I guess at that time, I mean, if he was doing community, then he kind of had that role, but. Yeah, so. And actually, the first director that was offered was Terry Zweigoff, who turned down Elf, but later directed another Christmas related film, Bad Santa. So imagine Buddy the Elf as Bad Santa. So we've kind of discussed Will Ferrell and his acting. You know, he had that childlike innocence in him. How about... um, I'm fucking blanking on his name now. James Caan. James Caan. Yeah, as Walter Hobbs. No, he's, he's also... He's great. Like, he's a great, you know, pairing with Will Ferrell, which is unexpected, but playing, like, the straight man in the situation, like, his reactions are just so funny yeah i mean he's he's a classic you know straight gruff yeah you know businessman type of guy you know you, you yeah that is a part that that's kind of made for him 
Um, but I mean, his, his turn at the end, albeit, I feel it was a little bit abrupt. It kind of, you know, he's just kind of not there, not there, not there, there. But yeah. other than that, I mean, I think he did great. And that's not him. That's, you know, the story, but. You know, I, I love the scene when he meets Santa Claus and he's like, here, give this to your firstborn. And he's like, my firstborn, my firstborn, the elf, like lived at the North Pole. Like you're really real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about uh, Zoe Deschanel as Joby? She's great. I mean, I New Girl is one of my favorite TV shows. And that that's like one of the funniest shows to me. Um, so it always blows my mind between that and this that she wasn't bigger, but she's great in this as well. And her singing voice is absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. Mhm. No, she did great. So the apartment that Walter Hobbs lives in, the exterior shot of that apartment building was. <coughs> the same building that Dana Barrett lived in in Ghostbusters 19, in 1984. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. I mean, if you want to give it the New York feel, you go to a movie shot in New York and all that crap. So, yeah, makes sense. So how about the script and the dialogue? You know, jumping into that, you know, you have David Barenbaum, who was raised Jewish, but his family always celebrated Christmas. Being, and he was also a huge fan of Rudolph the Red-Nosed the Reindeer, which obviously Elf plays homage to in a lot of ways. How do you think the uh, Mr. Darren ba- Baron Bomb did? Um, I, I think he did great. I mean, uh, you know, it, Will had you know enough of that childlike wonder to just, you know, make some of those lines come alive. And yes. I mean, James Kahn <laughs> dealing with the whole Peter Dinklage situation and all that stuff. I mean, that, that's a pretty funny sequence. Um, Let's so, talk about yeah. that scene for a minute. How fucking funny is that scene? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. Again, that's, that's, a, that's a matter of, you know, him not knowing what, what life is actually like in the real world and just assuming, but I mean, Peter Dinklage did great. <laughs> I love the scene when he's running across the table and he's all mad. Yeah. Full call, me call me elf one more time. So Kyle, your thoughts on the yeah, dialogue? I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to write a seminal movie for any genre, obviously, but like, no, there's so many classics before Elf, but it stands with all of, you know, the Christmas stories and all the movies like that. Um, and a, it's my, you know, childhood Christmas movie, I think. So it, that's just impressive in its own. And obviously the script is going to be kind of where that comes from. Yeah. How'd you guys feel about the length of the movie being an hour and 35 minutes? I think that is the perfect length for a movie. Yes. I think Christmas, Bloody Christmas was the same. It was like right, right there. Yeah, it was about an hour and 20, 21. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely, 
Bless you. Thank you. It didn't feel like an hour and 35 minutes. It seems to fly by every time I watch it. I did watch it with Hunter on Saturday, and he thought it was hysterical until I called him a cotton-headed niggy muggins on Sunday. That upset him. That was the first time seeing it. I think he might have seen it before, but never really paid attention. Yeah. But you know he, you know he, he knows Christy loves it, and he wanted to watch it, and I was like, well, I have to watch it anyways. So, but uh, Will Ferrell actually turned down twenty nine million to be in the sequel in late two thousand fourteen. And I'm glad he did. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't need one. Don't ruin it. Yeah, I don't see where they could have gone. You know, so it was said that the writer lost his dad when he was eight years old. His dad passed away. And so this is kind of like finding out how a father is, is the whole basis of this movie. And there's really no sequel to that. Like, you really can't. Yeah, I mean, it it is crazy there hasn't been a sequel, though, for as successful as this movie is. Um, there was an animated sequel. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, you know what I mean. Not, uh, you know, it's not Will Ferrell or anything. Yeah. So. Doesn't count. So, would you guys recommend this movie? No. No, I would. I would. Kyle, you fucking Grinch. No. I, no, I would. I would. I think we I think all I, would. I, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't like this movie. I know at first, when it first came out, I was kind of like, what the hell? But now that I've I've seen it so many times, it's grown Now up. that you've softened up. I have. And I, you know what? I want to throw this in there. I had a proud dad moment Sunday morning. Um... Last weekend, uh, two weeks ago, me and Hunter watched 8-Bit Christmas. And then Sunday morning, while I was kind of laying in bed, Hunter watched um, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, that new movie that just came out. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Daddy, look, look, that's the kid from the Christmas movie. He recognized the kid from Lyle Lyle Crocodile was the same kid in 8-Bit Christmas. And that made me so proud. So, yeah, it's fun when the kids first realize, hey, wait a minute, I've seen that person before. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? What what kid? What Christmas movie? The video game movie, the Christmas movie. And I looked, I said, oh, shit, I didn't even realize it, but I wasn't paying attention. All right, Justin, what's your rating of Elf? I'll give it four stars. Mugs, things, places. Kyle? I'll agree with four stars, mugs, things, places. And I will go with four all, as well, all across the board. Uh, it had an IMDb score of 7 out of 10 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 85%. So Pretty much right in line. Yep. Next week, we're going to cover National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The and truly greatest Christmas movie ever. And then we're going to have the greatest truly Christmas debate. Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie? I want your arguments next week. 
But the bar is now closed. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. And get official Movie Bar shirts at www.bonfire.com slash stores slash movie dash bar dash podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and most places you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out the new website at www.moviebarpod.com. I swear I take new out every week, but it comes back. <laughs> Join our whatnot. Join whatnot using our link at whatnot.com slash invite forward slash the movie bar and get $15 free. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on social media or via email at themoviebar.outlook.com. Please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Bye-bye, Muslim. I'm the worst toy maker in the world. I'm a cotton-headed ninny-muggins. <laughs>